einer neuen Folge von The Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, The Canadian George Robledo. Welcome to The Canadian Wants to Know Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to talk about politics and corruption. The question I want to explore is, why are so many politicians corrupt? I had a conversation with someone who told me that politicians with good intentions don't gain power. Wealthy people control politics and they only support politicians that do what they want. That's why most of them are corrupt and power hungry. I'd like to explore that idea a little bit further and add my perspective to it, but first, a bit of a history lesson. I've often wondered what were the conditions that allowed for the rise of Hitler. I know it's not a comfortable topic to discuss, but maybe there are some lessons for us today. In 1919, the Treaty of Versailles places all of the blame of the First World War on Germany and forces Germany to pay reparations to the Allies. So this, these reparations are money, a lot of money that Germany has to pay to the Allied nations. This puts a huge burden on the German economy and society. Naturally, Germans are angry about this situation and become resentful. They lose 10% of their territory and have to pay a lot of money to allied nations like France, England, and the USA. In 1923, while in prison, Hitler starts to write his autobiography called Mein Kampf, where he portrays Jews as the greatest evil on earth. Anti-Semitism was already widespread in Europe. This was a very common uh, idea that many Europeans had, not only in Germany, but all over Europe, that Jews were evil and that Jews were a, a group of people that had too much power and that needed to uh, be controlled and restricted. And the fact, also quite particular to the German context, is you have quotes made by Martin Luther, which to some Germans, they would say that he's one of the the fathers of the German nation, there are quotes that you can find from Martin Luther where he speaks against Jewish people. So this legitimized Hitler's views. So in the minds of many German people, what Hitler was writing was not anything new, and it was also something that was even promoted by Martin Luther. In 1929, the economy collapses, the government is weak, there's a lot of infighting, people don't have jobs, don't have enough to eat, and they're looking for someone to blame. People are afraid. In 1932, the conditions are perfect for Hitler to rise to power. So quick recap, the Treaty of Versailles put a lot of pressure on Germany and caused many Germans to feel humiliated and feel angry. Hitler presents the Jews as the cause for all of the problems in society. And because anti-Semitism was already a part of European cultures, Germans accept this interpretation. The economy collapses in 1929. People feel scared and uncertain about their future. And then Hitler comes 
to power. There are three points I want to discuss about corruption in government. The first point is, politicians are the symptoms. What do I mean by this? We often point to politicians as the problem in our societies. We say things like, politicians are corrupt. All they want is money and power. But my question is, where do these politicians come from? They come from within our society. They're not aliens from another planet. Politicians grew up in our cities, participated in our sports clubs, went to our churches, and some worked in our companies. Where did their ideas for government come from? From our schools and universities. Where did they get their views on the economy? From our companies and corporations. When a politician runs for a position in government, they try to gain as much support as possible from voters. They run numerous polls of what voters want and think, and then repeat this back to us. For example, Trump was not the first American to say, Mexicans are rapists and criminals. He was not the first to say, Muslims are a threat to America. No, he simply repeated what many Americans believe and was able to get support from many people. He tapped into a growing discontent among many voters. So what do I mean here with to tap into? This means that you understand what people think and feel and believe, and then you repeat that. And then he expressed it. So that's all he did. Trump, he repeated what other people already thought and what they already felt. We often think we of politicians as external to our society. They are like something outside of general society. But no, they're actually only a reflection of our society. Trump simply reflects something that already exists in society. He's a mirror to what we think and feel and believe. He didn't stage a coup d'etat. So in English, we use the French word coup d'etat, which means that to take over the government by force. No, Trump didn't do that. He was voted into power by millions of people who agree with his positions and his rhetoric. He's not the problem. He's only a symptom of the problem. Question for you. What do the politicians in our country reflect about us? The second point. So if politicians are only the symptom, what is the root of the problem? That's the big question. Let's go back to our history lesson and see what we can learn. First, there's economic instability that leads to uncertainty and fear. We see the rise of the Denga coincide with a growing dissatisfaction with the government handling of the pandemic. People are worried about their jobs, businesses, and future. Fear is our starting point. Secondly, we blame external forces for our situation. China is the culprit. The German government is responsible. The European Union is to blame everyone but us. So do you see how history repeats itself? Scapegoating is the result. In German, a scapegoat is Zundenbock. 
Okay, so we blame China, we blame the German government, we blame the European Union, we blame all of these external forces, right? The, we blame the scientists. All of these are responsible for our situation. That's the scapegoat. So we have a mix of fear, uncertainty, anger, and resentment all boiling up. And my question is, where does fear come from? Where does anger begin? Think about that for a second. Where do these feelings originate? They originate in the heart. There is a Jewish proverb that says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. When we talk about the heart in, in the Jewish tradition, it's talking about feelings, it's talking about your mindset, your beliefs, all of these things, you have to protect it. You have to watch your emotions. You have to watch your beliefs because all of your actions, everything you do will come as a result of your feelings and your beliefs. How are we dealing with this pandemic are we in control of our feelings and our thoughts or are we allowing our emotions to control us? Another question. Do you think it's a good idea to make major life decisions when you are afraid? For example, let's say I'm looking for a life partner. Should I marry someone because I'm afraid of being alone? I'm sure most of you would say absolutely no. That's a bad idea. Should I make important decisions when I'm angry? For example, let's say my boss said something I don't like. Should I scream at him and quit my job? Probably not. Most of us would agree that it's better to make decisions when we are calm and clear-headed. So a clear head is when you don't have all of these emotions inside of you. You're able to think logically. That would be a clear head. Question for you. Think about the major decisions you've made in your life. How many of them were influenced by fear? The third point. So if we've come to understand that politicians are only a symptom and we have also seen that the root of the problem lies inside of us in our hearts and how we manage our emotions and our beliefs and our thoughts, how do we fix this problem? We have a situation in society where fear and anger play a big role, especially in times of crisis. And we've got two options. We can allow fear and anger to grow in our hearts, and we see the results of that on the streets, because that's what we've done. We see people protesting and rioting. You see name-calling on social media. We call, we call people who don't agree with our position either people who want the vaccine or people who don't want the vaccine. We say that they are stupid, that they're idiots. We see that there is mistrust between neighbors. We start to question our friends and our family because they think differently. And we see depression and anxiety starting to grow in this environment where fear and anger is what governs our 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 decisions in that option 
we see the results, that it's not leading us to anything positive. But maybe there's another alternative. Maybe there's another option that we can take. There's an organization called Alcoholics Anonymous. It was started in 1935 to help alcoholics overcome their addiction to alcohol. They have a 12-step program which begins with the following admission. So an admission means that you make a statement about something you've done. And the following admission is, Hi, my name is George and I'm an alcoholic. So you start with this situation. Instead of looking outward and blaming our circumstances, our parents, or society for our problems, Alcoholics Anonymous teaches the importance of taking responsibility. I am responsible for this situation that I'm in. That's the starting point. So how can we apply this principle to our lives? Well, I would begin the following way. Hi, my name is George, and I'm greedy, selfish, and resentful. I've hurt people with my words and actions. I've been dishonest. From this starting point, I'm able to look inward and see my own flaws instead of looking for someone else to blame for my situation. I don't need to point fingers at the government, at politicians, at refugees, at the far right, or, I don't, or the leftists, or the quadenker. I don't have to point fingers at any of these people because I recognize that the evil that we see in society begins inside of me. When we come to understand that, that's when change is actually possible. Imagine a society where people help one another instead of pointing fingers and accusing. Imagine a society where each of us is nice to others instead of expecting others to be nice to us first. Imagine a world where we forgive others because we understand that no one is perfect. Imagine a society where love is the dominating force and not fear. Let's do a recap. Politicians are the symptom. Politicians are not aliens. They don't come from another planet and then they become leaders in our society. No, they come from within our societies. So everything they've learned and everything they do is because they learned it from us. If they are corrupt, it's because our society is corrupt. They only reflect what already exists in society. Number two. The root of the problem is our hearts. It's the greed, selfishness, resentment that exists inside all of us. That is what leads to wars and violence. That's what leads to mistrust and fear. Number three, how do we fix the problem? By taking responsibility instead of blaming others. Change starts from within and then moves outward. We cannot expect our politicians to be honest if we are dishonest. We cannot expect them to care about us if we don't care about anyone else. I believe that love is our only hope. And as we begin this process of change within ourselves, we'll slowly start to see change in society as a whole. 
I'm interested to get your answers to the following question. Are you ready to be the change you want to see in the world? In other words, are you ready to actively participate in making the world a better place? If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with your friends. I published an online course to help Germans correct their most common mistakes in English. You can click on the link in the show notes for more information. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal. Tschüss.